Welcome to On The Brink, a fresh lens to take you and your business to new heights. Hi, I'm Andy Simon, and as you know, I'm your host and your guide, and my job is to get you off the brink. What I want to do is help you see, feel, and think in new ways so that you can change. And if you've never had such fast-changing times, welcome to the world right now. I used to tell my clients, if you want to change, have a crisis or create one. Did I know about this kind of crisis? No. Kim Snyder is my guest here today because I want you to hear what she can do to help you see, feel, and think in new ways. We share a common desire to help you look at the world through a fresh lens. And often we get stuck or stalled in what, this is the way we've done it. This is always the way we've done it, but it's not working anymore. And you're not quite sure what to do. So it's time to pause, step back, be a little anthropological and observe what's going on. And Kim and I are going to help you do that. Kim and I had the pleasure of meeting through Peter Winnick's Tuesday Thought Leader Luncheon Group. I'm not quite sure what we were, but every Tuesday during this pandemic, we've come together to talk about thought and leaders. And now we are just doing all kinds of things outside of that, which is really wonderful. But I wanted to share her with you because she has a perspective that I think enhances my own, but lots of yours out there. It's really a very powerful one. Who is Kim Snyder? She's a business growth and strategy expert. She'll tell you her story in a minute. You know that. That works with business owners, leaders, and executives to grow their organizations. She's owner, CEO, and founder of M-O-R-E, More, which is a business marketing in a box company. It's a really interesting approach to help you see, feel, and think in new ways. She's a professional speaker, a keynote. She's a certified virtual speaker, which I'm going to learn more about, and a trainer. She has podcasts, and it's really wonderful because before she became a full-time business owner, she spent 25 years working with international executives and leaders at Fortune 500 companies on finance and business growth, strategy, and transformation. You don't need to know more about her from me. You need to know more about her from her. So, Kim, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Andy. So happy to be here. And I always get a chuckle when I hear that I'm a speaker because one of my first speech classes in in high school, I was so shy, I could barely do it. So all my friends to see me now speaking, it's always sort of interesting. (laughs) You took that same course I did, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I was I was terrified of speaking. I didn't want to get up there. And the other irony is that I was always captain of my sports teams and other things that I never wanted to be the person in the front. I just didn't want to. I just wanted to go have fun and it just happened. And so I've learned to accept the leadership role. (laughs) Well, in some ways you do it with grace and ease and people then follow. And without followers, there aren't any leaders. So there's something magical in what you do that people want to follow along and trust that you'll take them safe places. So it's fun. Tell our audience, if you don't mind, who is Kim? What's your journey like? Because rather than just pop you up here, I like to make you come alive. And I can't do it with a biography that I read. It doesn't do the justice. You have a wonderful story and a beautiful journey. Share it, please. Yeah, perfect thing. So, you know, I started out helping my dad do his books. My dad was a self-employed guy from uh, Arkansas that moved to California when he was young. And so he ended up becoming an entrepreneur and I used to help him with his books and I used to travel with him. And with all that entrepreneur experience, I went into corporate America, which is ironic again. So maybe this should be called the irony session. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But I spent about 25 plus years in corporate doing management consulting for Fortune 500. We did did finance uh, transformation. And 
I took the stuff that I learned from my dad and I started a small business in college, an accounting and tax business, and the stuff I learned at corporate. And I had started my own company called More Business in a Box because I took that 80% of stuff that worked and I'm all about getting stuff done as efficient as possible. And so let's concentrate on the four areas that work that will get us the biggest return and no more time because time is very sensitive to me. So, you know, when you spend time in the corporate world, you don't have a lot of control of your time. And so when I left that world about three years ago, I was very clear about making sure I owned my time. And so um, that's sort of how that more came about, the marketing operations, revenue, and efficiency. And that's how my my business has evolved, which I started 10 years ago because I knew I wanted an out. I just didn't know when. And this is where we're at today. Um, And I'm happy to be here. Well, it's wonderful. Then tell me about, I mean, I grew up in business. I spent uh, I spent a decade as a professor, and then I spent 14 years running banks going through deregulation, seven years in a hospital as an executive helping them change, and then I launched my business 20 years ago. And I launched it as a corporate anthropologist helping organizations change. You've come at it from a slightly different perspective. So I'm going to pick your brain a bit as if I'm your audience today. But tell us your approach to the marketing operations. What's the R? <laughs> the more. <laughs> the, the revenue and efficiency. Um, you know, give me some insights into what you've seen from your perspective. Remember, I'm an anthropologist who got into business. You are someone who came out of accounting and now is helping those business. The, the stories are powerful but different. So share with me. Yeah, I love it. It's a totally different perspective. And so I would say there's probably three areas I'd like to focus on today, I think would be most helpful. And they all fall within those different areas of the more leadership framework. And so it's really relationship environment and learning. And I think when you look at things with a fresh lens, um, it gives you that new perspective and it gives you that innovation that you want, right? That change, that innovation. And so, you know, I laugh at your introduction because I kind of say the same thing about you need something dramatic to happen. And a lot of times you probably come out about it from a people standpoint. I come about it from a business standpoint. And so um, I used to tell my clients, well, what would happen if you doubled your clients or tripled them? And when I see this... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we know there's a problem, right? So we, we would have to go figure out that problem. And then at that point, it's a business problem and a system problem. It's not typically a person problem. So uh, I love to get that perspective about change. And so I like to sort of, you know, put those stressors in place to see what would happen. Um, but we don't have to be that extreme just to make change happen in our personal lives as leaders and owners. And so the first area really for me is relationships. And I've been able to get jobs in the past for relationships, for making a phone call. And, you know, that sounds easy with a five minute phone call, but there was years of, you know, before it. And so, you know, making sure that you keep your network and your relationships current and you can do that in as little as one hour a week, you know, you can do one or two or three calls and get those refreshed, get those networks going, making sure you see what's going on in, you know, other companies, other industries, other parts of the world getting that fresh perspective and just reaching out to people to establish those relationships. Plus, it's much easier to do when you don't need it. I'll pause for one moment because I want to emphasize something for the audience. What Kim just said is very important. An hour a day to reach out and touch someone and listen. The idea isn't to tell them and talk about it and control the conversation. My hunch is that you encourage people to listen to, to the stories people are telling you, right? 
I do. And it's not even an hour a day. It's an hour a week. That's it. (laughs) That's not that much. You would think everyone could do that, right? Yeah. I mean, you really can. And it's really just kind of slowing down to realize what's important because you want to make sure that you're building your career, right? That's that on versus in. So working on your career or your business, because you can build your business, you can build the company you're working at, but if you're not building your own network, you know, it's going to leave you in a place that you don't want to be when things change and you don't have that control. And so I have three questions that people can use to start those conversations. It's just, What did you finish? What are you working on? And what do you want help with? So what do you finish? It just gives you insight about what they're working on and what are they, what do they have coming up? See if they're excited. And then the third question is, what do they want? Because none of us need anything, but what do you want? And that's a great way to say, hey, I need a resource. I need this. I need that. And, you know, if you can be that resource for that person and, and you can do that call in 20 minutes and just open up one hour on your calendar, put two calls in there. And that's a great way to grow your network. It is great. And they also appreciate it because you're giving them. You're really not taking something. You may gain something, but it's a gift. You really just care. You want to hear. And giving is a great way to drive um, your success as a person, not just as a business person. That's cool. The second thing. Yeah, the second. So it's actually related to the relationship. So I would just also ask them if they know somebody else you should meet. So you have a chance to meet somebody new. So it's kind of a twofer. Um, So that's, that's it for relationships. Uh, The second area is under change your environment. And, you know, I remember I was at a client in Phoenix and we used to take a break in the afternoon and I just needed that mental break. And so we would get outside. Yes. Even in the summer, go walk across the parking lot to get coffee. And sometimes I didn't even get the coffee. I just needed the mental break and change of environment. So take that principle today and break up your environment. If you're at home working, then get out. If you're in the office, get out. If you're whatever that is, you need to change that physical environment and do it from a daily perspective. So I do that every day. I, you know, if I'm, I know I'm going to be in the office all day long, I get out of the house and I grab a coffee or I go physically take a lunch break out. So I try to meet somebody. I just need to change the environment. And so I did that in my corporate life. I've done it now and it really serves me. Um, I'd also say do that uh, in the business side as well. So not only personally in business, but make sure that you're doing that as well. So go out to a new group, you know, kind of a, this is a combination of that relationship and that environment try a new group and it could be online or it could be in person, depending on, you know, where you're at in the country and whatever the guidelines are, but change that environment as far as your business group as well. So let me add to your um, urgency about changing that environment. Um, we're habit-driven creatures. So I work with companies that need or want to change you know, or they hate me, but Part of it is to make it simpler and easier to take something that your mind is going to run away from and flee as I'm moving away from you because it's uncomfortable. You know, we like the familiar, not the unfamiliar. So if you can move, you want to do something differently. Often we go undergo from silos to a collaborative workplace. And we want people to work differently together. They don't know what that word means. So you're asking them to change the way they have done everything in the past. Um, They don't even want to be told what to do now. You want them to take risks and to be self-motivated. They don't know what those words mean. So sometimes I just say, okay, now let's move to a different place and environment and let's decorate it with things that are going to help you get things done together or are going to be the risk aversions. I mean, do something tactical 
not just ethereal, because unless it's it's every day you see it, you won't know what it is. And now, you know, even if you go to open space and you want to collaborate, have a huddle in the morning, bring everybody together so they stand and they tell you what is going on. Do something. You really believe that, you know, that working together collaboratively will be better than silos, but you don't know how to do that. And you're not even sure it's going to work better. You just know you don't like what you're doing. Right. Well, and sometimes it's not even that you don't like it, but you need a fresh perspective, right? So this is kind of the refresh, fresh. And so, yeah. So if you're used to working alone, go try a group project, whatever that is, just do something opposite because it forces your brain to break the pattern, which is ultimately what you want. I mean, it could be something as silly as, you know, if you're driving, you know, the same place every day, change up the routine because you will notice things and it will make you pay attention. And so, I mean, this is something that could, again, can take, you know, five or 10 minutes. It can take a couple hours, but do something to push yourself out of that comfort. I had a client one time that looked at me and said, you're comfortable being uncomfortable. And I said, as a consultant, (laughs) I have to, because I never know what I'm going to walk into. I realized that that is not the norm. And so you don't have to be comfortable, but you have to be agile. Yeah. Agile to be uncomfortable. There, there you go. So I like that. point is a good one because it's not like this is pain. You get pleasure out of what you're doing, right? Yeah. It's all for personal and professional growth, right? You want to push yourself. Like you don't want to be in the same area. You don't want to be that person that has 20 years of one year experience. You want to be fully 20 years with 20 different experiences, right? You don't want to be that person. Well, I'm respectful of the one who wants to be in the same job for 20 years. I I met enough of them and, and, and they really don't want me. Um, and I've had, you don't want me either. (laughs) (laughs) They've hired me, put me in a closet, locked the door and say, I got you. That's enough. Um, and I, I remember quitting. I said, I can't work here because you don't really want to do what you have to do. Oh, I've hired you. I said, well, that was a start. And now we're three (laughs) months into this and you have locked out from anything. Your folks are looking to see if you'll lead the change and the charge and you don't want to. Well, I don't know how to. I say, okay, that's a different, at least we started the conversation. That's a different story. Yes. Well, I've also seen, I mean, I've been to many Fortune 500 companies where we were implementing a finance system and they said, well, we can't quite do that right now. And I said, why? They said, well, they've only got a year or two left with our CEO and they don't want to do anything or we don't want to do anything before they leave. So you have all of these different um, I guess responses or, or influences that are coming against you, right? So you just have to pick whatever path works. And I always go for the, just take action, whatever that is, don't overthink it and just try something different. And don't be, I'm not going to say, don't be afraid to fail because I don't really see it as a failure. I see it as a learning moment. And so just go, okay, that didn't work. Let's try it a different way or faster or slower, or whatever that version is, but try something different. Your learning was one area you also focus on. And I like that because I teach a program on mistakeology. There's a whole industry around mistakes aren't really mistakes at all. They're how we learn. What's your thoughts? Oh, I absolutely agree. I am one for trying stuff and even more publicly now because I think that, you know, a lot of people tend to just show the good stuff and they don't show the journey. And they just, that's why we have all these overnight successes after eight or 10 years, right? You don't get to see the journeys. And so I think that, you know, taking action is one way to learn because, 
that solidifies a lot of the things that you have to do. And then as you start working it, you figure out what not to do. And I think that the first time you do something, you learn. My husband and I, many years ago, went to San Francisco together and we stayed in a a certain part of town. And, And boy, we had a great time, but man, we figured out later on what we should have done. And so we went back six months later because we had figured out everything we should have done the first time, right? So we learned and we like took that knowledge and built upon it. And so, you know, that's a silly story about just vacation, but it's the same thing. It doesn't matter if you, you know, get a new vendor, if you buy a new home, if you go to a new area, if you try a new restaurant, if you meet somebody new, like learning forces that brain. Again, it's kind of that pattern interrupt, but learning really helps you grow and it changes that perspective and environment for you. And now a word from our sponsors, Simon Associates Management Consultants. That's us. And we're here to help you see, feel, and think in new ways. Whether you are an organization that's stuck or stalled, or an individual in that organization who's looking to rethink their own life's journey, Simon Associates has designed programs and processes to help you do just that. Our first book, On the Brink, A Fresh Lens to Take Your Business to New Heights, told the stories of seven clients who were stuck or stalled, and a little anthropology helped them see things through a fresh lens reignite their growth, and soar again. My new book that came out in January 2021 is called Rethink, Smashing the Myths of Women in Business. It's all about how 11 women, including myself, were able to see past the hurdles, the glass ceilings, and the brick walls and become the best that they could be. They heard things like women aren't lawyers and women can't lead and women aren't in geosciences. And they said, of course we are. And they really pushed through and did it with such ease that they want other women to see what's possible. At the end of the book, I provide a bit of a how-to process for you. If you're on the brink of rethinking your own life's journey, it's time to pause, step back, and ask yourself, where am I going? What's my passion and my purpose? And am I there, or can I get there? Send us your emails to info at andysimon.com, and we'll get right back to you to see how we can help. On andysimon.com are some free chapters for both books, and you can also join our newsletter and our Facebook group, Rethink with Andy Simon. We are bringing together women to help other women do what they can't do by themselves, very often to see what's possible and become the best that they can be. Come join us. And now, back to our podcast. I have a hunch, I don't know your archetype, but I bet you're an explorer. And I, I am an explorer. And I just love the uncertainties that come from adventure. And, you know, my husband and I, before the pandemic, used to go away every 90 days. If not, we would just work to the bitter end, we figured. And so every three months we went. And so I guess we've been to about 40 different countries or places. And um, we stopped now. But to your point, we would land. And I must tell you, there were some places I wasn't quite sure the baggage was going to get off that little truck <laughs> that we had to crawl through to go pull it out to be in. And, and then there was one place we arrived at one in the morning. It was in Tanzania. And they never got the change of plane schedule. So we had to take a cab through the backwood dirt roads to this inn we were staying at. We had no idea what was going on, but it was okay. <laughs> we we were learning. Uh, we won't do that again. Um, but it was fun. And, and it was all turned out to be part of our 
adventure. And so it's it's fun. The challenge is for people in business, by and large, and you came out of an accounting background, um, they're not explorers, by and large. Most people no, work not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could you could hit that, right? Like there was definitely a, an issue there. <laughs> I'm married to a serial entrepreneur and he loves to go exploring. But each business had its own curve. And and it was great when that one was ready to sell and the next one was ready to start. And, um, and but but I've lived through a lifetime of um, highs and lows and all the rest of it. But most people, you know, they have the every day it's there. And until it's really broken, um, it's hard for them to do anything. And, and that's why I said you have to have a crisis or create one. But I'm finding that the pandemic has done. I don't want to waste a crisis. It's done marvelous things to open people up to what's yeah. possible. Right. Yep. Well, I've, I've had healthcare clients for, I don't know, 20 years now, and, and never would they do telehealth. And now they're all doing telehealth. Yeah. Right? I mean, I have a friend who runs a mental health centers in Denver. Telehealth? Really? 30,000 people in a weekend became telehealth clients. So, you know, higher ed who wouldn't do remote learning. I have a client who has the best year ever with all remote learning. It removed all barriers, right? It removed all internal politics, all barriers, all fear. It went to survival mode. Interesting, isn't it? It is, and it, but it's also like, so I, the part that I like about the learning is it keeps that muscle active, right? That learning muscle. And so it doesn't always have to be professional. It could be personal. Like we talked about travel stories, but yes. it could be picking up a hobby. <clears throat> Excuse me. It could be learning something on the side. It just keeps your brain learning. And that's really important. And to me also learning is, is reading a book and, you know, yeah. listening to podcasts and listening to stuff that you might not listen to. So, you know, if you're in marketing, listen to accounting. If you're in accounting, listen to IT. If you're in IT, listen to marketing, like getting that perspective. Yes. And, and again, that's from a business standpoint. But from a, a personal standpoint, listen to things that you wouldn't normally do. If you're a chef, go listen to a car mechanic show. And, you know, there's there's similarities and differences, but it starts to, to create those things happening in your brain so that you are used to changes. And so when we get a pandemic, hopefully never again, and, you know, when we have a recession or things happen in your industry or your company, your brain is kind of in that really like state to accept. Yes. You know, it is interesting the things that you're mentioning. I love to listen to futurists. People say you're a futurist anthropologist. They made that up. And um, our podcast was ranked in the top 20 futurist podcasts. I didn't know we ranked it. But it's it's funny because people say, what's a futurist? I said, well, I, I, I try to help you. We, as humans, we're homo prospectus. We really live today based on what we see coming tomorrow. And the problem with the pandemic is that we didn't know what's coming tomorrow. So we become immobilized. So I say, make up what you think is happening tomorrow and then you'll live today. But the futurists want to prepare us for tomorrow. Yeah. And I think it's a healthy way. I was reading one great article about how we really love virtual reality better than real reality. And you can have multiple avatars in video games and you can have do-overs endlessly and you create a whole talk about culture. Um, the culture, I had a client, actually, who loved to play his weekends were all with his friends on video games. He never met them all. And that's telling us a whole lot about how the multiple realities are going to emerge and are now. I mean, going yeah. gaming was a big growth industry during this whole time. Um, and it's, it's not going away. So we are living a whole lot of life on a game. Maybe life is a game. Yeah. Hey, that's a great. A great uh, saying. And, and not only that, I mean, things aren't settled down. Things are going to keep changing. I mean, honestly, I think 
the, I think the pandemic was just a catalyst for where we needed to go. And I think it's just expedited that process. And so, you know, we still don't know what it's going to look like. Business world's changing completely. You know, the weekends are changing. People are online talking to people that they don't even meet or may never meet, you know, from a gaming perspective. And so, you know, the, the, the normal nine to five show up in the office every day, that's not going to be like that. You're going to have multiple people in multiple environments, not your normal nine to five. It, things are changing a lot. And so the more that you can ready yourself, you know, personally, professionally, and yeah. just get ready for that change and be ready, be in that agile state, if you will, the more prepared you are. You know, it's interesting. I've been invited to participate in a, um, a, a global I'll call it a conference for want of a better word, where we can each ask a question in the financial or fintech industry, financial services and all of the rest of them that are there. And they'll have people answer in one minute. They have five answers. They have to pick them one minute. And then where the five of us on the panel will be able to talk about the results. They'll be available. And then the data will be here for us to maybe write my next book about. But the thing that's so interesting about it is it came through someone who referred me to someone in England who I met through something that I had done. And I've never met that person who referred this person. And that's how this is growing, right? Yep. And it's amazing how you look at your network and see the little spider webs that how you connected and you never know where the connection's going to take. And I often find the ones that I think are... I thought, ah, what is this person going to offer me, you know, based on their title, their experience? I'm like, you know what? I never think that. I just go in. And I think those are the times I'm the most surprised. Yeah, I feel like I just show up. The most interesting part about this conference, I said, so how many people come? He said, well, we had 12,000 when we did it live in London. But last year we had 24,000 online. And I, he said to me, and I don't know what we're going to have this year, but think about it. You know, for one period of time, 25,000 people come together to tell you what they think about the future of financial services and fintech. And uh, that's amazing. (laughs) Right. And so I don't know if that would have happened pre COVID. I don't know if people would have done that. And so again, there's these different perspectives and opportunities that we get that we can embrace. It's the crisis. It it is the crisis. I'm a firm believer. I'm a, let's make the crisis happen. Yeah, we enjoy um, every minute of it. Um, but this has been fun. Kim, a couple of things you want our listeners, our audience, not to forget. They remember the ending better than the beginning, and it's been a great conversation. Yeah, thank you. So I would say, you know, just do a fresh perspective and, you know, take one of these activities. I mean, we, we spoke about relationships, environment, or learning. Just take one of those and do them this week and just commit to them. So whether it means reach out to that new contact and schedule a 20 minute call, whether it means, you know, you're going to commit to getting out one day this week to change your environment or do something different. And, you know, the third thing is for learning, if you're going to decide to learn something or whatever, go find that class, go figure out, go listen to that podcast, read, you know, read this great book called, you know, rethink whatever that is, go do something (laughs) different. (laughs) Oh, Kim, thanks for the the push. Um, Anyway, to all of our audience, uh, Kim is available for you if you'd like to talk to her. Uh, she has great resources for you. Where can they reach you? Yeah, uh, my website's the best place, kimdsnyder.com. That's K I M D 
D-S-N-Y-D-E-R.com slash rethink. And uh, I'll put some, you know, a couple tips there that we talked about, plus a few more. And I'll put my social media if you want to follow me. Uh, I'm the Kim D. Snyder at most places, sometimes Kim D. Snyder, but you'll see this picture with the hair. So <laughs> happy to be here today. Thank you so much, Andy. Well, it's always fun. You can always find Kim on LinkedIn as well. And 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 she's the kind of woman who you want to talk to occasionally and say, what are you doing? Those three questions. Yeah, where you been? Where are you going? And, and what do you need? Because I have a hunch she could benefit from your insights as much as remember the gift of giving is as important as the taking. And matchmaking can come out of it, but you never know where it's going to arrive. So what a great conversation. For my audience, thank you for coming as always. Um, yes, my books are there for you on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all those local booksellers. Rethink is getting some marvelous rave reviews that are touching my heart from guys who are giving it to their daughters or to their wives and says, I have, and they have to. And I'm saying, this is sort of touching exactly the way I wanted to, is to help you rethink the myths that are holding you back. So don't let them. If you hear, oh, we can't do that, say why. And people like women don't do that, really. And, and read about the women who basically said, of course we can. And let me show you how. And in the process, they opened up doors for other women, which is the whole point of the book. And our program, uh, Rethink Your Journey with Andy Simon Online, is going to add a couple of parts to it. We're getting one-on-one -on -one coaching and uh, group training. And what I want to do is help you become the best you can be. And I'm really interested in seeing how that can happen in a fashion that is just exciting. It's new things for new times. And, and that's what we're all about. And reach me at info at andysimon.com. That's A-N-D-I-Simon.com. And you know, we're always here to help you. So let us know how we can be of help to you. It's fun sharing with you. Thanks, Kim. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Bye.